appreciate that. Thank you so much. All right, turn in your Bibles tonight to the book of Psalms, chapter 147. The book of Psalms, chapter 147. One of these days, I'm going to preach through the whole book of Psalms. I don't know when, but maybe by the time the Lord's done with me, whenever that He sees fit with that, and I can't speak anymore, uh, maybe I'll be done with the book of Psalms. But a lot, a lot to say in the book of Psalms, and the book of Psalms is, uh, has a lot of chapters and a lot to preach on, uh, but uh, it is uh, definitely a blessed, a blessed book that we have. I've been studying uh, in the book of Esther, and uh, that'll probably be one of the books that, uh, maybe one of the next books that we go through. Uh, I like the book of Esther. I don't really hear a whole lot of preaching on the book of Esther. Uh, but I've been studying through it and kind of reading through it, and, and uh, so I'm looking forward to maybe bringing a series on that. Hadn't decided whether or not that's going to be on a Sunday morning, I remember, or, or Wednesday night, but I remember whenever we went through the book of Ruth on Sunday morning there for a little while, uh, I think it was back in, was that, that was in 2020, I believe, and I really enjoyed that, and I think everybody else really had a good time going through the book of Ruth. Uh, so we'll kind of see, we'll kind of play that by ear. I generally tend to do those kinds of going through books, more on Wednesday nights and things like that, but we'll just kind of see. Uh, but anyways, Psalm 147 tonight, I entitled this message, Great is Our Lord. Great is Our Lord, Psalm 147. We're going to see a lot of things here in this psalm uh, that speaks about God's Greatness, of course, God's greatness and how good He is and the things that He does is not just all summed up in this psalm. There's not a, no, there's not a number of books that we can write that sums up God's greatness. Uh, the Bible says, uh, I believe in the latter part of the book of John, uh, that there were many things that the Lord Jesus did. If it were all written, there, the earth would not be able to contain all the books that could be written about the things that He did. Uh, and so there's no way that I would be able to uh, uh, sum up the greatness of our God here in this just small chapter, but we can definitely see some interesting things uh, about the, the goodness of God and how great He is and why we should be so thankful and so grateful for Him. Uh, as we begin there in Psalm 147, we begin there in verse 1, the Bible uh, begins in just in talking about praise. And so we see there in verse 1, the Bible says, Praise you the Lord, for it is good to sing praises unto our God for it is pleasant and praise is calmly. Calmly has the idea of something that is beautiful, something that is uh, awesome, something that is great, uh, something that is very pleasant, something that is nice. Uh, and so we see that the psalmist begins, as he's talking about the greatness of our God, uh, really showing us that as we, as we begin to even think about or even talk about the greatness of God, it begins with praise. Uh, because what's one of the very first things that we can do uh, is we praise God for the greatness of God. And so as he begins this psalm, that's, what he, that's exactly what he does. He begins, with, uh, he begins with a sound of praise. Now he says, praise ye the Lord, for it is good to sing praises unto God. I don't know about you, even though I can't sing, I make a joyful noise, and I can't sing very well, but I tell you what, I do like to sing uh, to the Lord. As long as I'm in a group of people, you know, I don't mind. Uh, but uh, I, I can kind of be a filler in, but I'm, de I'm definitely not the one that's going to lead the, lead the singing. Uh, but I tell you what, uh, I think when God looks down from heaven, He's not so much, He's not so uh, maybe so much concerned about whether or not our voice can really 
uh, praise him like we think it ought to. He's just glad there's somebody giving him praise. Amen. I think God's just glad that we're just willing to lift up our voice, whether we think we can sing or not, or anybody else, regardless of that fact. I think God's just great. God's just happy about the idea that we're willing to sing about his greatness. And so... Uh, there in verse 1, he begins to just talk about praising him, praising the Lord. When I think about the greatness of God, I think about his goodness, uh, I have to have a heart of praise. And so that's what we see there in verse 1. Praise ye the Lord, for it is good to sing praises unto God. Uh, and so, of course, we would sing praises unto God because what? Because he's good, because he's great, because there's no one like him. I mean, there's no other name uh, uh, under heaven whereby men may call to be saved other than the Lord Jesus Christ. There's no God like the God that we serve. I mean, He is uh, He is all that there is, the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, and everything in between. And so we give praise to the Lord because He is great, because He's good. And so as, we be, as the psalmist prepares to mention a number of different reasons why we, we give praise to God, as he, as he prepares to do that, he says, I just, as I think about all these things, I have to, first and foremost, just give praise where praise is due. Uh, and so I tell you what, giving praise to God is something that we should all do. Uh, praise to the Lord is something that should fill our hearts. It should fill our lives. I mean, we shouldn't be ashamed to praise God. Amen? Uh, I just think that we should have a heart of praise. I think we should have a heart of thanksgiving. Uh, because God's good to every single one of us. And He is uh, so far better to us than any of us deserve. And so how can, I, how can I not praise and thank God for who He is and what He does and the power that He has and the position that He holds? And so uh, the psalmist begins there in verse 1 with praise. I mean, that is the very first word of the psalm. Praise ye the Lord. Praise ye the Lord. Hallelujah. For it is good to sing praises unto God. I don't know about you, but I like the idea of me giving praise to God. And I like the idea of being in a church that gives praise to God because God's the one that deserves praise. Amen. It ain't anybody else. I mean, all of my, uh, all of my, uh, all of the, my good works are as filthy rags before the sight of God. But I tell you what, the Lord Jesus is one that deserves the praise. He is the center of it all, and He is the one that is to be lifted up and magnified. And so we give praise to the Lord. It is directed to Him because of who He is. It is good to sing praises unto our God. And so I'm glad we sing godly songs tonight. Amen. I'm glad we sing godly songs. I'm glad we sing godly praises to the Lord. Because I tell you what, whenever we sing, there's a lot of, there's a lot of people out here that uh, sing stuff I don't think is very honorable to God. I don't think it's very praiseworthy to the Lord. But I'm glad that uh, I'm here tonight and that you know, we sing. And we sing praises that, to the Lord that are, uh, that are holy and that are righteous and are well-pleasing in His sight. The Bible says, Praise ye the Lord, for it is good to sing praises unto our God. Watch now, for it is pleasant and praise is calming. It is beautiful. You know, you know, one of the things that I think singing praise does is it puts a smile on our face. Because I tell you what, when you think about the goodness of God, what's it automatically going to do to you? It's going to make you smile. I mean, when you think about how good God is, and you think about the things that He's done for you, uh, whether, it's, whether, whether right now or whether you're looking back in the past and you can see how God's just moved and how God's worked and how God's just been there in so many different situations, no matter what it is, uh, how God's always been there, how, you can, how he's, you've always been able to depend on Him and trust in Him and uh, how He's just uh, blessed your family and worked in your life, when we think about all these things, it can't help but to put a smile on our face because when we sing praises to God, uh, we, we have a smile on our face. I mean, 
Uh, can you imagine singing praises to God and not have a smile on your face? I mean, what, uh, it doesn't really seem like you really enjoy what you're singing about. If you don't got a smile on your face and we're singing to the Lord, I mean, when we're singing to God, it should be something that we, uh, that, that we enjoy, something that, we, that, is, that is praiseworthy, you know? He says, praise ye the Lord, for it is good to sing praises unto our God. It is pleasant, and praise is calmly. It's a beautiful thing. Singing praises to God is a beautiful thing. And, and I think when we sing praises to the Lord, what's it automatically, as I said, going to do for us? Well, it's going to make us smile. It's going uh, to really make us feel joyous on the inside because we understand who we are singing to. We understand what we're singing about, and we know why we're singing. Uh, there's a lot of things going around uh, in the world today, people singing stuff, man, you have no idea what they're singing about. You have no idea what they're singing to. I mean stuff, I mean that happened in, uh, not just in the secular world, but out here, in the, out here in the church too. I mean, people singing stuff, you're like, man, are they singing about God? Are they singing to the boyfriend or the girlfriend? Or who in the world are they talking to? I mean, there's Christian, I mean, they songs out there labeled Christian, but they don't even mention God, don't mention the blood, don't mention sin, don't mention redemption, don't mention, don't mention anything, it seems it sounds like, that has anything to do with the God or the Bible or anything like that. But, but we see here that we sing praises to the Lord and that it is good to do so and it is pleasant and that praise is calmly. It is a beautiful thing to sing praises to God. And I think, you know, uh, if we want to, uh, we want to wake up with a smile on our face and we want to go throughout the day with a smile on our face. You just start thinking about some things to praise God about and it's going to make you smile. Because I tell you what, I can't help but smile when I think about all the things that God's done for me, how good he's been, uh, how I've trusted him and how he's always been there. It puts a smile on my face because whenever I think about all those moments and all those times, listen, there's not a song that I can write that'll be good enough. There's not a song that I can write that'll be long enough. There's not a song that I can write that'll be beautiful enough to describe how good my God's been to me. Uh, and, uh, but it is good to sing praises to God. I think it will bring joy to your heart when you sing praises to God. It is beautiful. It is pleasant. It is a good thing. And it is right to sing praises to the Lord. Verse 2, the Bible says, The Lord doth build up Jerusalem. And so as he begins to think about uh, praising the Lord and how great God is, one of the things he begins to describe there in verse 2 is, let me tell you one of the reasons why God's worthy of praise. Let me tell you one of the reasons why we, that it is good to sing about him and that it is good to sing for him. And he says there in verse 2, why? He says, the Lord doth build up Jerusalem. Uh, he builds up Jerusalem. You know, I'm glad, that, uh, I'm glad that we serve a God that's in the building business. And God's been in the building business for a long time. You know, he started that a long time ago, back, you know, back when creation all began. You know, I believe in a six-day, literal, 24-hour day creation. That man, he rested on the seventh day. And God's been building stuff for a long time. God's still building stuff today. He's making little babies in the wombs of all the mamas all around the world today. Uh, the Bible says that, the Bible shows us that he forms and he fashions us in the womb, uh, uh, in the womb. Listen, God's doing stuff all the time, creating things all the time in that kind of sense. God's involved in all of it. We'll take a look at that here in just a minute. But God is constantly in the building phase. He's constantly doing things, constantly working and constantly building. He builds up Jerusalem and that is one of the things that the, 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 the psalmist was excited about. He says, why is God worthy to be praised? Why should we write songs and why should we sing about him and to him? Because he builds. He builds. Listen, we live in a world that's doing everything it can to tear down. People doing everything it can to tear down. The devil's doing everything he can to tear down. Listen, the devil's been tearing down for a long time. God's been building for a long time. 
that make sense? I mean, God, I mean, the, uh, the, the Lord's been building things and, and, and designing things and, and doing all this stuff for a long time and everything God tries to build, the devil tries to tear down. And so for many, uh, many years now, the Lord has been building and for many years, the devil has been tearing down. And so he praises God because God builds up. He builds. He's building. He's always working, trying to make things uh, uh, trying to make things better in our life. Listen, you know, God does everything he can to try to build your life and make it better. You see, you mean God's always trying to build me? God's always trying to mold me? God's always trying to help me? Yes, I think he is because he wants us to be the best that we can be for him. And he's given us his word that we can use to grow and, and, and use to become more like him. And we pray and we spend more time with him. And, and, and so God wants us to grow. God wants us to, to build. I mean, how many of you uh, can recognize the fact tonight that, uh, that we are in a growing process I mean, I listen, I don't care how old you are. I don't care how long you're in church. You're constantly growing. Once you get to that place where you think, well, I've got about as, I've got about as big as I'm going to get, uh, then, well, yeah, that may be true. If you've got to that place where you think that's about as big as I'm going to get, then that's probably as big as you're going to get because you're not looking to grow anymore. You can grow. You're just not looking to. You think you've already, you ever met somebody they think they already know everything? Yeah, I, they already know everything. Well, how much more could I possibly know? You know, once you start to think, is there anything else about the Bible that I can know? The Holy Spirit always reminds you that there is. And listen, I tell you what, we don't know, we don't know, we don't know, uh, know near as much as we ought to know. And so the Bible, listen, the Bible shows us here that God is constantly building us, building in our lives, building our church, building people, doing everything he can to build and build and construct and mold and, and to help. And while he's doing that, the devil's doing everything he can to, to tear down. Remember, you go know, back to the book of Nehemiah and you, and you see uh, how Nehemiah was there and he had a sword in one hand and a trowel in the other. He was trying to fight and trying to build at the same time. Listen, you know that's how our life is. I tell you what, we, we try to build. We got we to gotta fight with a sword in one hand. We got we to gotta try to build with a trowel in the other. I mean, that's how it works. I mean, we are fighting constantly, defending constantly, and trying to build constantly. Why? Because the devil's always at the doorstep, and he's doing everything he can to, to tear down and to rip apart and, and, and to ruin and destroy. And so we have a sword in one hand, and we have a trowel in the, uh, a trowel in the other. Why? Because we are doing everything we can to build, and God helps us to build, and Bible says there in verse 2, one of the reasons why uh, that he is singing praises to the Lord, one of the reasons why God is so worthy of praise is because he builds. And he says, the Lord doth build up Jerusalem. But no, who's the one that's going to build Jerusalem? Who, who is the one? Who is the only one that can do it? That is God. Who is the only one that can build you and help you to be what you need to be? That's the Lord, the Holy Spirit of God that lives and dwells and resides inside of you. He is the one that can help you to be what you need to be. Now, all I can do is just tell you what God said. That's all I can do. All I can do is just be the messenger and just say, you know what, this is what the Lord said, but I can't empower you. I can't give you strength. I can't empower you, but God can. His word can, but I can't do that. I, I can only tell you what God said, but it is the Holy Spirit of God that's going to move and work in our lives and move and work in our homes and move and work in our churches across America tonight. It is the Lord that builds. And he says, yeah, I just sing praises to God because of what he does. He builds. He builds up Jerusalem just as he builds our lives and he builds our homes. I know there's probably a lot of people out there tonight wondering, uh, is, 
uh, wondering, about, wondering about their home. Can my home be any better? My home's falling apart and all these different things is happening. Can, can, uh, can, can it be repaired? Can it be built up? Can it be what God needs it to be? Sure it can. And God builds. He goes on to say, not only does he build, but he also praises him because the Bible says he gathered together the outcasts of Israel. Well, isn't that something? You know, we were all outcasts at one time. You know, we, none, we were all enemies towards God. We were enmity, enmity with God. We were, we were, in essence, as the Bible says, children of disobedience. We were sons of disobedience. We belonged to the devil. But then we got saved. We became a child of God. And listen, we were like considered outcasts. But aren't you glad that the Lord searches the, the hearts of men? Aren't you glad that God gives us a chance to get saved? Aren't you glad that God is ready to, uh, to search out the people that are outcasted by the world, the people that are thrown away by the world and people that the world looks at is, uh, is not to be uh, bothered with and not to have any time spent with them, that there's no help for them? Listen, God's looking exactly for those people. And the Bible says he gathers together the outcasts of Israel. And God's looking to... Uh, show his praise and God's looking to, I mean, God's looking to show his grace and God's looking to show his mercy by gathering together the outcasts of Israel, all the folks that have been outcasted by the world and all the folks that, uh, that, that everybody looks down upon. The Lord's gathered, wants to gather them up together. Why? Because he's not willing that any should perish because God is willing to show his love and grace to every single one. Aren't you glad he searched you out and showed his love and grace to you? And tell you what, I was an outcast as well and I didn't deserve to be saved, uh, uh, but yet the Lord saved me. I was an outcast myself, but yet he, but yet because he loved me, he came to where I was and spoke to my heart about salvation I got saved. He gathers together the outcasts of Israel. God demonstrating his love and demonstrating his mercy. That's something to be praised about, That's something he deserved praise for that's something he deserves glory for tonight. That's something that he, deserve, he, he, he deserves to be magnified because he constantly shows his grace and mercy. The Bible says his mercy is renewed every morning. Praise God for that. Amen. Aren't you glad his mercy is renewed every morning? I don't know about you, but I know I am. I'm glad that every day I wake up that God's ready to show me some more mercy. Every day I wake up, God's ready to show me some more mercy because every day I wake up, you know what I have to say? God, forgive me for the man I was yesterday. God, forgive me that I, for the man I was last night. God, help me to be the man I need to be today. God, I need, you, I need your mercy and grace from heaven today because, listen, I, I can't do this on my own. I'm going to have to have you help. And I can, I'm already tell you, God, I hate to tell you this. God, I, I really hate to tell you this, but tomorrow morning I'm going to have to ask for some more mercy again. Amen. God, I hate to tell you, but tomorrow morning I'm going to have to ask for some more mercy. I'm going to have to ask for more, some more grace. I'm glad that it's renewed every morning. Listen, uh, that's something to praise God for. And the Bible says uh, as he begins to think about uh, how good God is and begin to think about praising him and how beautiful that it is, he began to list the reasons why in verse 2 and following the reasons why he is deserving of so much praise. There in verse 3, notice what he says. The Bible says, He healeth the broken in heart, and he binds up their wounds. You ever had a broken heart before? You ever you just ever been in that place where your heart's just been sorrowed, your heart's just been broken? I mean, your heart hurts so bad, you can just, heart hurts so bad, it's almost like you can just feel the muscle itself. And the Bible says, He heals the broken heart. And praise the Lord. Aren't you glad that God just, God, God isn't just effective on the outside? 
The God's able to move and work on our on the inside. The God's able to uh, the God's able to work on our heart. That that His love and grace and His power isn't just good on things that happen on the things that we can see, but on the inside, the things that's uh, that's in our heart, the things that's in our mind, the things that bothers our spirit. That there is a God in heaven that can help with those things. That He knows uh, what makes us cry. That He knows what brings sorrow to our hearts and the. Bible shows us that, uh, that the Lord is there, that he is nigh unto them that are of a broken heart. And the Bible says there in verse 3 that he healeth the broken in heart and binds up their wounds. Listen, he knows how to heal. He knows how to bind. He knows how to fix. Aren't you glad God knows how to fix things? I heard an illustration a long time ago. You've probably heard it before a million times. This illustration, I tell you what, it just really hit home for me when I heard it a long time ago and it was about a man that needed something to be fixed. He couldn't fix it himself, and so he called somebody to come fix it. And the guy said, well, I can come fix it, but this is what it's going to cost. And, uh, and so the man come down there, and he fixed it, and he fixed it. And, and uh, uh, he got down, and he thought, well, I'll just kind of haggle with him a little bit. And so he, got, he wasn't down there in no time. You ever had something broken? You called somebody to come fix something, and they wasn't, they wasn't there but two minutes, and you're thinking, why in the world can I do that? I remember one time, I remember one time my truck broke down, and uh, I was, uh, when I was driving a truck, I was sitting at a stoplight. And I was just sitting there, and for whatever reason, the truck wouldn't, just wouldn't go in gear, almost like it was just stuck in that gear. I was in a tractor trailer. It was stuck in this gear. I, I couldn't get it out. And so I called my boss, man. Man, I had traffic all backed up. I was doing everything I could to get, the gear, to get it out of gear. It just wouldn't go. And I had my triangles all sitting out everywhere and all everything, and everybody was having to go around me. I was sitting in a turning lane at a stoplight. One of the worst places you can possibly imagine you can, everybody was all mad and everybody was all upset because now I've done really, uh, done really messed their routine up. And so here I am, I'm sitting there and they, they call somebody, the guy comes over, he gets out of the truck, he says, all right, get out, he hops up in there. He grabs a hold of that big old gear shift, he says, okay, you're ready. And I was like, huh? And I grabbed a hold of that thing and I put it in gear, and that thing just, oh, for some reason, it just got stuck where it was at and it wouldn't come out. I yanked on it and pulled on it and it didn't ever do anything, but he got in there and yanked on it and it just came right out. I thought, you got to be kidding me. Yeah, this guy, he, he said, you know what? He said, this is what it's going to cost to, to fix it. And he said, well, I'll tinker around with it a little bit. He came over and he tinkered with it a little bit. And the guy gave him a bill. And he said, you mean this is how much it's going to cost? He said, yeah, this is how much it costs. He said, well, you wasn't here but two minutes. He said, yeah, but I know where to tinker. Listen, that's what it's all about. God knows where to tinker. God knows where to tinker. God knows what's going on in our life. God knows where to tinker. He knows how to fix things. He knows how to get to those places nobody else can get to. He knows how to fix the things that nobody else can fix. He can do things the world can't do. He does things the devil can't do. He does things that you can't do. Listen, God knows how to fix things. And he says, you know what? If I can tell you something I can praise God for is the fact that, not, that he heals the broken heart and he binds up the wounds. God knows how to heal and he knows how to fix. Listen, there's a lot of people out here tonight that's got some broken hearts for whatever reason. I mean, uh, broken hearted about maybe what think people have done, things, things that people have said. I mean, all different kinds of things. People out here with broken hearts tonight, maybe because they, 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 they lost loved ones or because whatever, people going through a hard time, whatever it is, lots of people out here tonight that have broken hearts and they're hurting tonight. And he says, you know what, I can just praise God this evening because I serve a God that knows how to heal those hearts. 
I serve a God that knows how to reach down into the depths of the soul and he knows how to reach down into the depths of the spirit itself and, uh, and he knows how to calm the, calm the spirit. He knows how to give peace to your mind. And the Bible says perfect peace. Uh, the Bible talks about uh, how we can have perfect peace whose mind is stayed on him. Yeah, that peace that passes all understanding. He says, he healeth the broken in heart. He binds up their wounds. I mean, whenever I think about praising the Lord, he says, how can I not mention why I need to praise God? Because he heals the broken in heart. Why else? He says there in verse 4, as he begins to continue on and speaking about his greatness, he says, you know, he says, when I think about how great my God is, he says, let me just tell you, let me tell you how great he is. Not only, not only is he deserving of praise, not only is he deserving of the greatest songs that a man can ever write. I mean, the, I'm talking the Lord is deserving of the songs that, the, uh, the greatest songs that man could ever write and then some. He says, if I could write a song about God and I can sing a song about God, and he says, let me tell you why, not only because he heals a broken heart, not only because he's able to bind up the wounds, but because he has the ability, because he has the knowledge, because he has the know-how and the wisdom to scatter all the stars across the sky and give every single one of them a name. He says, you want me to tell you how much my God knows? Why, why, what is one of the reasons why I need to sing praises to my God? Because it is my God that, that, uh, that filled, the, filled the, uh, the, eternity, the, the eternal space, filled it all with stars and gave every single star a name. My God did that. He said, if there was a reason for me to sing praises to the Lord, if there was a reason for me to sing tonight, it would be because my God knows all. It would be because my God can do all things. And not only can he heal the broken heart, not only can he bind up their wounds, and not only does he gather together the outcasts of Israel and everybody else that is discarded as trash and discarded as garbage, God wants them and God loves them. Not only does he build up in our lives, but this very God that I serve was able to scatter the stars across stellar space and give every single one of them a name. I mean, great day in the morning, sometimes we can't remember what happened yesterday. But yet God can scatter the stars across the sky and give every single one of them a name and never forget. Knows all the hairs that are on top of your head, every single one. Not just to me, but you too. Knows all the, uh, the Bible says that he feeds the birds. Does all these different things for the animals that we don't ever even see, we don't think about, we don't pay no attention to, but yet God every day does these things. He says, my God scattered the stars and called all of them by name. There in verse 5, he says, Great is our Lord and of great power. Watch this. Why do I praise God? Because of his understanding. Watch, he says, his understanding is infinite. If there was anybody that ever understood anything, it's God. And I know if you're just like me, you've probably said, God, do you understand what I'm going through? We've all been there. We've all said it. But before that even comes out of our mouth, just go ahead and know that he does. There's nothing that we can go through that God doesn't know. There's nothing we can go through that God doesn't understand. God does understand. The Bible says that his understanding that it is, uh, that it is infinite. There is, there, there is no limit. There is no boundary to the power of God. There is no limit, no boundary to, uh, to uh, his power. There's no limit, no boundary to his understanding, his wisdom, and all these things. He says, great is the Lord, and of great power his understanding is infinite. It is ongoing. It is impossible to put a limit. It is impossible to cap the understanding of God. There is nothing that, 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 that can be known that, God doesn't already know because God knows all things and his understanding is intimate. And he says, if I'm going to write a song, 
talks about the reason why I need to praise God is because he already knows everything. <clears throat> and I know there's a lot of people that think they know everything, but there's a God in heaven that really does know everything. And if there was ever a God or ever someone that we wanted on our side, it would be someone that knows everything. You know what's interesting? We can go to the we can go to the doctor. The doctor don't know everything, but we can go to the doctor or whoever it is. We can go there and they can tell us all these different things. And we just take them at face value. We just say, okay, well, if that's what you say, that's what it is. I mean, you're the professional. But whenever it comes to God, God's a professional. We say, well, I don't know about that, Lord. We actually question God. Why would we question God? Why question the one that already knows everything? But yet God will tell us and then we'll throw him a question and say, well, I'm not so sure. But yet the world can tell us something and we'll just believe it lock, stock, and barrel. And the Bible says his understanding uh, is infinite. And if I can ever write a song about praising God, it would be about his understanding. There in verse 6, he says, The Lord lifteth up, he lifteth up the meek. He casteth the wicked down to the ground. And so there in verse 6, we see how God moves in the life of the humble. The Bible says that he lifts up those that are meek and he casts down the wicked to the ground. God gives his people victory. And those that are in distress and those that are hurt, those that live in a, with a humble heart, God says, I'll lift those folks up. I will magnify those. But those those that are living a wicked life and those that are filled with pride, the Bible says that he will cast them down to the ground. And so what do we see? That we see that God gives us victory. You know, sometimes in life we can say, well, God, I'm not so sure if that's fair. You ever heard somebody say, you ever said that before? Well, that ain't fair. I'm not so sure if that's fair. Hey, I tell you what, there's a lot of people throughout the scriptures we see throughout the Old Testament. We see there's several men. As they was writing, they said, you know, they begin to wonder, you know, God, is this fair? And then God began to say all these things, began to mention all these things that they couldn't possibly understand, that they couldn't, uh, that they couldn't, they couldn't fathom in their life. And at the end of it, especially the book of Job, and God began to mention all these different things, I think 80-some different things. And, and God said, when, when, when Job was like, Lord, why is all this happening? I don't understand. And, and God was like, where was you when I laid the foundations of the earth? Where was you when I'd done this? And where was you when I'd done that? And uh, uh, do you know how this works? And do you know how this works? And, and all these different questions that God asked Job. Job couldn't answer neither one. And sometimes we go through life and we say, you know what? That's not fair. And that's not fair. And, and, um, but I tell you what, God knows all and God's just and all that he does. We may not always see it at the moment, but it always works out in the long run. Amen. The Bible says there in verse 6, The Lord lifteth up the meek, and he casts the wicked down to the ground. If I could sing praise night and I could write a song about God, it would be because how God gives victory. It would be because how God remembers his people, how, 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 how those that are meek and how those that are humble in heart and those that want to serve God, how God will help them, how he remembers them, how he has not forgotten them or forsaken them, and how he will exact justice. And now he will do what's right. The Bible shows us that we will get victory. He cast down the wicked to the ground. There in verse 7 he says, Sing unto the Lord with thanksgiving. Sing praise. Sing praise upon the harp unto our God. For what reason? For what purpose? There verse 8. Because the Bible says, Who covereth, who, talking about God, Who covereth the heaven with clouds. 
You know, you walk outside. You ever been on your way to work in the morning or maybe driving down the road and you got to looking up inside and you said, wow, look at that. Isn't the sky just beautiful? How the sun just kind of moving in at the right time and, and, uh, and you got so many colors and you think, wow, look at that red and that orange and man, all those pinks and purples, almost like an artist just, you know, just went out there and just used the sky as his landscape. I think that's what God did. The Bible says that the heavens are his handiwork. And God uses the sky to, to show the world of who he is. Uses the sky and then all the things that he does for, for everybody to see, to declare that there is a God in heaven. And we look up into the sky and we say, wow, look at that, how beautiful and how magnificent that is. An artist can't even capture what you see right there. Michelangelo can't paint what God can paint in the sky. It can't happen. The natural man cannot nowhere near come close to painting what God can paint in the sky for you. And God does it all the time just for us to see so we can magnify him and glorify him. I don't know how many times I've drove down the road and said, wow, God, isn't that great? You did, you did something wonderful there this morning. People stop, take pictures of it. You ever, you ever just been down, been, you ever just seen the sky was so beautiful, you just said, I gotta get a picture of that. I'm telling you, declares his handiwork. God just shows the world just how magnificent he is and how great that he is by doing something that nobody else can do. The Bible says he covers the heaven with clouds. If there was ever a reason why that I could write a song or sing a song or, or praise the Lord, it is because I serve a God who can paint the sky like nobody else can. And he says there along in verse 8, who prepares the rain for the earth. And we've talked about this before. We, God knows where every drop of rain is going to go. He knows where every drop of rain needs to be. The Bible says that he prepares that. You know, what it show, you, know, you know what the psalmist is trying to get us to see? The psalmist is trying to get us to see that God's in the details that we don't often think about. I mean, people just drive down the road. Sometimes we don't think about how, I mean, the sky is right there. I mean, it is in our face. But how many times can we be oblivious just driving down the road and not really think about all that God's doing up there in the sky and how he's showing himself and magnifying himself before everybody? The Bible says... He covers the heaven with clouds and prepares the rain for the earth, talking about all the, uh, the details, how God is in every single thing. I sing, I, I sing and I praise God and I'm thankful to God because God's in all the fine details of every walk of life. Not just my life, but your life, and not just your life, but the wildlife. I don't mean your kids. I mean like wildlife out here. The Bible says... He covers the heaven with clouds and he prepareth the rain for the earth. And every time it rains, you say, you know what? God ordained that. Every time that cloud shows up in the sky, you say, yeah, God brought that there. And God knows exactly where it needed to be. God knows exactly how, what color it needed to be. The Bible says, who prepareth the rain for the earth, who maketh the grass to grow upon the mountains. I hinted about that just a little bit this morning. And God causes the grass to grow. Just talking about how God's in the details of everything. And God's in the details of every part of our life. Whether it's, putting the, whether it's uh, raindrops falling from the sky, whether it's painting the sky with clouds and telling, telling this cloud to come hither and telling that cloud to come over here, telling that cloud it can't come but this far, telling this cloud you can only come this far and you can only mix up when you come over here. I mean, God's in the details of every bit of it. 
Every time you see, every time you see the clouds moving across the sky, so it's only doing so because God commanded it. And my Bible tells me in the book of Colossians that by him all things consist. By him all things consist. Everything obeys the voice of God. Everything obeys the will of God. And nothing happens without outside of God. Outside of God knowing. Outside of God willing. And the Bible shows right here, listen, if there's one reason why I should sing praise to God, it's because my God's in the details and how he magnifies himself in front of all the people for everybody to see who he is. I mean, I think that's just one reason why he's just created all the, uh, all the stars that we see and all the planets that are there and all the things that scientists, you know, are they looking up in the, in the space with the telescopes and seeing this and seeing that and seeing all these different things. Listen, I think that's just God declaring to everybody, listen, this is how awesome I am. This is, this is just part of how great I am. The Bible says, He maketh the mouth, uh, the, maketh the grass to grow upon the mountains. Every blade, every blade that comes out of the soil, every seed that ever fell from the plant and went down into the dirt, God caused it to grow. And God's in the details of your life. And every time you start thinking, God, do you know? God, do you understand? God says, yes, I do. I feed the birds of the air. I tell every cloud where to come. I tell the raindrops where to fall. I know every hair that's on your head. I know every single thing that there is to know. So, yes, I do know. And so, yes, I do understand. The Bible says in verse 9, He giveth, he giveth to the beast his food and to the young ravens which cry. You know, I got a bird nest outside my, out in the tree right there in the front of my yard. You walk out my front door and there's a tree right there. And just right up, I'd say maybe 10 feet, there's a bird nest right there. Been sitting out there every so often. I like to go out there and, you know, and just kind of sit on the front porch some. And you sit there. And next thing you know, you see a bird come fly out of the tree. And that bird comes flying out of the trees. I was, sitting there, I was sitting there last week. Me and Bryce sitting outside. I was sitting out there. And next thing you know, this bird, it went down and flew down on the ground. And it just walked around down at the base of the tree. Walked around there for probably five minutes. Every once in a while, peck his head on the ground like he was picking up something. And next thing you know, he'd come over here, and then he'd come over here, and then he'd come over here, and then he'd come over there, and just wandered around, went around the tree several times. Next thing you know, it flew up into the tree. It got up there in the tree. And next thing you know, I heard a whole bunch of little baby chirps. And all these little mouths just coming wide open. And I was like, well, I'll just take a look at that. Just several of them up there, mouths just wide open, waited, waiting to get whatever mama, waiting to get whatever daddy had for them. There she was, feeding all them bins. So you mean, you know, God was in that. God was in the details of that. And God knew, God hears, and God hears every little chirp that comes out of those babies' mouths. You say, you mean God's in the details of that? Yeah, he is. The Bible says he knows every bird. Every, he, he, he knows everyone that falls to the ground. Every single one. He knows every chirp. He hears every chirp. God's in the details of it all. And he says, he, uh, and to the young ravens which cry, the Bible says in verse 10, he delighteth not in the strength of horses, he taketh not the pleasure in the legs of man. And these things, uh, the strength of horses, the legs of man, just a show of strength is what he's trying to describe. What is it that God's not concerned about? Listen, God's not concerned about uh, where you can find strength and where you can find power in yourself or out here in this world, whether you can find strength and power uh, in the greatest things that you can find out here or whether you try to find strength and power in the, in the greatest part of your body, which is more than likely your legs, the strongest part of your body. But he says that he takes pleasure in them that fear him. 
And so we see that the horse and the legs of man is described and used as a symbol of strength. But what is it that God takes pleasure in? God takes pleasure in the humility of a man. Listen, it's not how strong you are that's going to impress God. It's the humility that you have that's going to impress God. It's not the attitude that says, well, I'm all this and I can do this and I can do that that's going to impress God. It's the fact that, you're, that you have a humble heart. You know, it's been said a long time, you can never be too small for God to use, but you can always be too big. Let that sink in a little bit. We can never be too small for God to use, but we can always be too big. Because it is the humbleness of a man who is, who is willing to humble himself before an almighty God that God can use. But when a man tries to find strength in other things out here in this world and he tries to find strength in his own self and, and declares that, listen, I don't need God. I can do this and I can do that or I can depend on this and not you. That doesn't impress God. What impresses God is the humility of a man. The Bible says there in verse 11 that the Lord takes pleasure in them that fear him and in those that hope in his mercy. In verse 12, he says, Praise the Lord, O Jerusalem. Praise thy God, O Zion. For he has strengthened the bars of thy gates. He has blessed, the, he has blessed thy children with thee. In verse 13, he praises God because God has strengthened the city gates. God has, uh, uh, God has built a hedge about them. God has strengthened them. He says, listen, if there's anything to praise God for, it's to praise God that we have a strong house. Praise God that he has strengthened the bars that are around us. That God is, in essence, building a hedge about us. He has strengthened the bars of thy gate. God's protection. I tell you what, I don't know about you, but I'm glad to have the protection of God. You know, if we didn't have the protection of God, if God didn't have a hedge about you right now, we'd all be dead. Because the devil wouldn't want you to be alive. He'd do everything he could to slay you and kill you right here on the spot if it wasn't for the hand of God. The Bible shows us right here that he strengthened the bars of thy gates. I don't know about you, but I praise God and I thank God for a fortified home, a fortified life. That we serve a God that can strengthen us. Make our homes, make our homes fortified, make our lives fortified. If there was a song, something I could praise God for today would be that he has strengthened my home, that he has fortified my life. That it, no matter where I go, that, 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 that God is all around me, that God is protecting me, that God is there. As he moves on talking about the home there in verse 13, not only does he talk about the gates on the outside, but then he begins to talk about what's on the inside. He says there in verse 13, that he hath blessed thy children within thee. Not only is God blessing the outside and not only is God fortifying the outside and, uh, and all of that, but he's also working on what's on the inside. Blessing the home and blessing the children, helping the mama and helping the daddy and blessing the family unit. He says, I tell you what, if there was something I can praise God about tonight, it'd be the fact that not only, does God, not only is God able to work on the outside, but God cares about what's working on the inside. Not only is God concerned about, uh, about making sure that he fortifies the gates around me, that he fortifies the bars around me, but that he's also concerned about what's on the inside, and that's the, my, that's the children. The next generation, the next ones, fortifying your home, making your home better. There in verse 14, the Bible says, he maketh, peace, he maketh peace in thy borders and filleth thee with the finest of wheat. 
And God knows how to bring peace to your life. He knows how to bring comfort to your life. My Bible tells me that He is the God of comfort and that He is the God of peace. I believe you find that in 2 Corinthians both that you see that He is the God of comfort and the God of peace. But that's what the Bible calls Him. My Bible calls my God the God of peace and the God of comfort. And God knows how to give peace because uh, perfect peace the one has whose mind is stayed on thee. And God knows how to give it. And I tell you what, when you have peace in your life, there ain't nothing like it. Because whenever you lose it, you know it. Isn't that right? Whenever you lose it, you know it. And whenever you got it, you're so thankful for it. Because I tell you what, there sure is a whole lot of people out here don't have peace in their life. And listen, when you ain't got peace in your life, not only do you know it, but oftentimes a lot of people around you know it too. I tell you what, and it can make a mess. When you don't have peace in your life, sometimes not only you know it, but everybody else around you know it because you're worried, you're scattered, you're fretting, and everything else, irritated, aggravated, mad, and angry, and everything in between. But I tell you what, peace is so good because when you got it, man, you know you got it, and it is good, and it is sweet, and ain't nothing like it. It sure is. A lot of people out here don't have peace tonight. But there's a lot of people out here that do. And it is nothing. There's not enough riches in this. There's not enough riches in this world that can replace what it's like to have peace on the inside. I mean, there's people out here tonight that is rich, filthy rich. I'm talking about. I'm talking about. They got money falling out their ears. I'm talking about. They got money running out their nose and just as miserable, miserable as can be. I ain't preaching against having money. I ain't saying there's nothing wrong with that. I'm just saying there's people out there that got all the. They got everything that money can buy, but what they don't have is peace in their life. They got, the biggest, they got the biggest houses, but on the inside, they ain't got a home. They ain't got nothing. And the Bible says, He maketh peace in thy borders and filleth thee with the finest of the wheat. Aren't you glad God knows how to take care of you? God knows how to take care of you. He knows what you need. The Bible says, verse 15, He sendeth forth His commandment upon the earth, His his word runneth very swiftly. You know, there's nowhere, you, you can't escape how fast God is. I mean, listen, the uh, light is, is, is the fastest known speed that we know, but there's nothing that can reach the expanse of the universe as fast as the word of God can. I mean, light, uh, I can't exactly remember the astronomical number that it runs at, this, at, at that speed, but it is way on out there. But there is nothing that is as quick and as fast as the word of God. Nothing at all. The Bible shows this right here. The Bible says he sends forth his commandment upon earth and his word, I like this, runneth very swiftly. You can't escape it. You can't get away from it. I mean, God's word is faster than the best Olympic runner you can think of. All he has to do is just speak and it happens. All he has to do. His word runneth. His word is swift. Watch this now. He giveth snow like wool. He scatters the hoar frost like ashes. He casteth forth his ice like morsels. Who can stand before his gold? I don't know about you, but that's just poetic literature that I just love. I find it fascinating when God wrote that. I mean, it just, that, that word, that, it just literally sends chills up my spine. I just see it. Who, who, he, the Bible says, he casts forth his ice like morsels. Who can stand before his cold? You walk outside, you walk outside on a snowy day. You see, you, you, you see the, uh, the icicles hanging down from your house. Yeah, God ordained that to be there. 
That's exactly right. God formed it. God put it there. Every single, every single uh, drop of, every single flake of snow that falls down from the sky. What do they say? Everyone's like a fingerprint. They're all different. Yeah, I mean, every one of them's different. Everyone that falls down from the sky, God created them all. God made every single one of them different. Just like all the stars in the sky, just like all of us sitting here tonight. I mean, when you think about that, the magnificence and the power and the understanding and wisdom of God. How can we escape it? The Bible says His Word runs very swiftly. There's no way. His Word commands. His Word commands the snow. His Word commands the frost. His Word commands the ice. The Bible says there in verse, his word commands the cold. Verse 18, he sends out his word and melts them. Not only does God form it, but God also speaks and it melts. Listen, God knows exactly what to say to make it freeze up and he knows exactly what to breathe on it to make it melt. All he has to do is just send forth his word. Listen, what's the psalmist trying to get us to see? He's trying to get us to see the gods and the details of everything that's going on all around us. And when you begin to wonder how infinite his wisdom is, and you begin to wonder, God, do you understand? God, do you know? And uh, God, all these things. And the, the psalmist is saying, yes, he does. Because he, he tells every flake where to fall. He's involved in every, every raindrop. He's involved in every cloud that comes across the sky. He's involved in every blade of grass that comes up out of the, out of the mountaintop. He, he, he's involved in every icicle that hangs from the building. He's involved in every snowflake that falls from the sky. The Bible says, verse 18, he sends out his word and melts them and he causes the wind to blow and the waters to flow. He showeth his word unto Jacob, his statutes and his judgments unto Israel. He hath not dealt so with any, he hath not dealt so with any nation. As for his judgments, they have not known him Praise ye the Lord. Just saying God's been good to us. God's been good. I tell you what, if there's any, if there's any reason to praise God, thank God, sing to God, and not be ashamed, this is just a, a small list of the reasons why. No matter what we go through in life, just understand that God's in all the details that's going on all around us. Not just in your life, but His life and her life and their life and all the other things It's all around us. Every little creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. Let's pray tonight. Father, we thank you so much for your love and grace. Lord, I pray this evening that, Lord, you'd help us all to see that you're in the, the fine details of our life. And God, that you're in the fine details of everything that's going on all around us. Lord, help us to remember through this scripture the magnificence and the power that you have, your understanding and your wisdom. Lord, help us in the midst of all of this that we have read tonight that we understand and see a better glimpse of how you can heal the brokenhearted. Lord, help us to see and understand tonight the joy that we can have by singing praise to you. How beautiful it is. And if there's anything that can put a smile on our face, just thinking about how good you have been to us and singing a song about it. Lord, I pray that you give us a good week this week as we get ready to leave here tonight. Lord, I pray that you keep every one of us safe. As you bless every home, bless every life here. Lord, I'm thankful, so thankful for everyone that's here tonight. And I pray that you keep them all safe today. Give us a good week. And I pray that you bring us back here to our next appointed time on Wednesday as we go through the book of Colossians.
We love you and thank you for all we know you're going to do. And this we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.